Hi, it's Terence Wallace, and welcome to my new series, Stories from the Road. In 2014, I decided to leave the corporate world behind and start my own business, Indelible Adventures Inc. This is a culmination of my writing, photography, speaking, and travel, and uh, gave me a great opportunity to travel the world. And so, with my writing, I've been able to gather and collect many stories from all my adventures. So this series is a dedication to all of those stories. I hope you enjoy them. Join me this week as I explore the ancient city of Petra. Located amid rugged desert canyons and mountains in what is now the southwest corner of the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, Petra was once a thriving trading center and the capital of the Nabataean Empire between 400 BC and AD 106. Carved directly into the vibrant red, white, and pink sandstone cliff faces, this prehistoric Jordanian city of Petra was lost to the Western world for hundreds of years. The city sat empty and in near ruin for centuries, and only in the early 1800s did a European traveller disguise himself in Bedouin costume and infiltrate the mysterious locale. In 1985, the Petra Archaeological Park was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and in 2007, it was named one of the Seven Wonders of the Modern World. The ancient city of Petra was also featured in the Hollywood blockbuster Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The mysteries of the ancient world have always beckoned me like a life force, inextricably pulling me towards them. In 2017, I was fortunate enough to go to Israel for two weeks to watch my daughter play soccer for Canada. And in that time, I had some days where I was able to take some side trips, and one of them was Petra. Although the logistics of getting across the frontier from Israel into Jordan was a little daunting, I decided rather than to do it myself single-handedly, I'd go with an organized tour group. Yeah, I know, I'm not normally one to do that, but given the border is a little tricky to get across, I thought it was uh, prudent on my behalf to do so. From Tel Aviv, Elat is a 50-minute flight south and situated on the Red Sea. Our tour would then cross the border at Aqaba into Jordan and then from there drive the two and a half hours north into the desert of modern-day Petra. Keeping hydrated and your energy up were going to be the most important thing, especially since I was making the trek in the middle of the summer and it was extremely hot. As with all day trips, it was a very early start, having to be at the airport for 5am. Fortunately, the tour was flying out of the domestic airport in Tel Aviv, and so it was only a 15 minute taxi ride from my hotel. But as usual, security was extremely thorough, although to be honest, anywhere you go in Israel and the security is super tight which is totally understandable. Surprisingly, the first question I was asked was, even before I entered the terminal by the security checkpoint was, are you carrying a weapon? Coming from Canada, this is a little disconcerting, but wherever you are in Israel, there are soldiers and police with automatic weapons everywhere you go, and they have no issue with surrounding you and asking you lots of tough questions. Once you get past the first door, then it's on to the second security check. No one is exempt from the second security screening, by the way. 
The questions are a mix of the usual, name, date of birth, country of origin, etc. However, what stumped every one of them was, where was Clunes? And why were you born in Australia but now live in Canada? They were genuinely perplexed. After arriving into a lat on our early morning flight, our tour guide met our group and put us on the right bus, which is sort of important given that there were a number of tours all leaving at the same time, and could easily be confused. The drive from the airport in Alat to the Jordanian frontier is only five minutes, and that's on a slow day. We arrived at the border crossing around 8.30am, and with not another soul in sight, we literally paid our entry visa fee and were shepherded through the Israeli border checkpoint and found ourselves confronted with what was about a 400 meter walk across no man's land to the Jordanian side. Nothing but a road fenced with high barbed wire, just like in a movie. As you can imagine, it was already baking hot with the temperatures hovering already in the mid to high 30s and with the ambient heat rising off the road ahead of us provided a shimmering heat mirage. Such a nice touch. Once on the Jordanian side of the border, we were again questioned and checked. Our entry visas paid, yes, you have to pay twice, and then we were put on our bus for the drive to Petra. Now, if you've seen the movie Martian, then you'll see the landscape in Jordan. No, seriously, that's where it's filmed. Not a tree to be seen as far as the eye can see, nothing but mountains and stony desert. After a bio break midway into our journey, the drive saw us ascend into the mountains to up over 3,500 feet above sea level before weaving our way through some pretty rugged country and then finally winding our way down into a low valley to the modern day town of Petra. Like many of the villages in Jordan, it was a hodgepodge of old and new dwellings, often all jumbled together. The entrance to the ancient city of Petra is almost more like an amusement park entrance than anything else. I'm not sure what one I was expecting, but tourism is tourism no matter where you go in the world, I guess. As we got off the bus, our guide explained that it was about a two kilometer walk down a slight grade into the ancient city. It was incredibly hot as we walked along the dusty gravel road down into the gorge, sweat dripping from every pore on my body in the baking hot sun. The group stopped a couple of times on our walk, although not very far in distance, with the hot still air and the large age gap in the people on our tour, it made for a slow and often laborious hike. Although about halfway into the hike, we entered a narrow gorge system that led into the ancient city finally. The first thing you see between the towering cliffs is a small snippet of the hand-carved building before it opens up into a large open gorge. The treasury building is across from the narrow entrance and is simply awe-inspiring. Standing at the base of the gorge, looking directly up takes your breath away. Not only because of the sheer size and scale of this architectural beauty, but also because of the intricacies of the craftsmanship created over 2,000 years ago and still on full display to this day. Today, given the volume of tourists visiting the site, you're unable to go inside the chambers, but merely stand outside in awe. Our guide explained how they carved these truly incredible buildings into the face of the rock. The first thing was to carve out the rooms from the sandstone cliffs. Then, once this was complete, they then brought in sand from the desert. Remember that they had no wood 
nor scaffolding to begin carving the enormous structure, so they filled the gorge with sand, pushing it up to the top of the cliff, and then the artisans and craftsmen began working on the carving, slowly pushing the sand away as they went. The carving on the treasury building itself took 10 years to complete. Yes, 10 years of painstaking and meticulous carving by what I would imagine was a large group of artisans. The treasury building is the best known building in Petra, but far from the most impressive. The ancient city is only 55% excavated to date, and for as far as you can see, around the mountain gorges there are covered in palaces, homes and tombs, all carved meticulously from the ancient sandstone cliffs. It literally must have taken thousands of workers hundreds of years to carve this city from stone. However, just when you thought you couldn't be surprised by the beauty of Petra, just a short walk away are the royal tombs. The only word I can use is breathtaking. In 2018, it was estimated that some 800,000 people visited the ancient city of Petra. Between the prevalent earthquakes in this region and the political unrest, I would definitely advise, if you are interested in coming to Petra, to do it as soon as you can. On our return journey to Aqaba, we passed a number of Bedouin tribesmen, all walking in the desert, with their camel trains stretched behind them. Observing them from the window of the bus, it felt a little surreal, and I almost felt like I was in a BBC documentary, and any moment that David Attenborough's voice would come over the intercom of the bus. Yes, it was a jarring reminder of the modern and the ancient, and how they've come together in today's world. By the time we returned to Aqaba, the sun had already set at about 7.30pm, but the temperature was still hovering in the mid to high 30s, and not a breath of wind. I must admit, it did feel like I was walking into a blast furnace as we walked across the 400 metre frontier back to the Israeli border crossing. I finally made it back to my hotel in Tel Aviv at around 11pm that night, after a long and satisfying day discovering and quenching my love of ancient history. Petra had always been high on my list of places that I wanted to visit, but my tour of Petra even surpassed my greatest expectations by a long way. If you ever have the opportunity to visit this wonderful site, it's an absolute must-see and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'd like to leave you with this Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face, and the rains fall softly upon the fields. If you'd like to learn more about Indelible Adventures, Inc. and the services that we provide, please visit our website at www.indelibleadventures.com Thanks for listening and have a great day.